The Secrets of Stargate is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. You're listening to The Secrets of Stargate, episode 147. Janet West Jackson has identified the seventh symbol. All right, here we go. We are about to try to make a connection. All we gotta do is bust out of here, commandeer the ship, and fly on home. Indeed. You say that a lot. I know that this could be dangerous. But this is our job, right? It's what we signed on to do. It was never about going home. It's about getting us to where we're going. Hi, I'm Jack Barazzini, and you're listening to The Secret to Stargate, where we talk about the hidden meanings and deeper layers found in the Stargate movies, TV series, and more. And joining me today are Father Corey Stika. Hi, Father. Howdy, Jack. And Lisa Jones. Hi, Lisa. Hey, Jack. And Victor Lamb. Say, Victor. Hi, Jack. Today, we're discussing the 17th episode of Season 7, Resurrection. SG-1 investigates a bloody crime scene at a secret NID facility. The culprit is Anna, a woman who turns out to be an experimental human-gould hybrid. As the team unravels the truth behind her creation, they discover many, many layers of NID uh, nefariousness, shall we say, and uh, lots, of, lots of callbacks to previous episodes. What are your thoughts on this episode, Father? This wasn't a bad one, although I kind of made the joke when we started recording. Mulder and Scully, I mean, you know, this, there's, there's a lot of uh, X-Files feel to this you know of course mm-hmm. it's the rogue uh government agency doing you know nefarious things although they have a cleaning lady you know i mean so they're not <laughs> that bad crew, apparently yeah <laughs> now this this one wasn't bad i i, I enjoyed it. It, was, it was nice to see agent barrett you know actually get like something to do other than mm-hmm. just you know sit behind a desk um yeah and it was directed by written by michael shanks and directed by amanda tapping who of course are the two stars of the episode Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, um, Jack is nowhere to be seen, and didn't really miss him to be honest at this point. <laughs> <laughs> he, yeah, he was mentioned one line. Oh, he's still recovering. Yep, mm-hmm. that's it. What about you, Lisa? Um, I, I agree with Father Corey. This is definitely you know Stargate goes X Files, and we've had a few of those, and I, I like them. It's it's a fun, it's a good episode. Uh, there's some, uh, Dr. Lee showing up is always a standout and, uh, the, the creepiness of Dr. Keffler really, and the references, the silence of the lambs, um, was kind of a standout for me because I'm not sure if that was intended to be like his persona and that all the references to Star- silence of the lambs was intended or if it was just awkward. I don't know, but I, I like it. It's it's a different take. I really I'm going to lodge my complaint once again on season seven that we don't have the team together, and that's that's my really only huge complaint about this episode is that I miss seeing the four of them together. Mm-hmm. Yep. I do appreciate though that they just went ahead and acknowledged that he was basically playing Hannibal Lecter. Yeah, like they're like everyone's going to say that, so let's just point it out in the episode. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what about you, Victor? Yeah, this episode really didn't do anything for me. It's the only episode in Stargate that was written and directed by cast members, and it's kind of clear why they didn't do it again. Um, 
if you listen to the commentary with Amanda Tapping, it's clear she was very proud of kind of the technical uh, aspects of directing that she brought to it. You know, how she set up her shots and there's some cool crane shots and, you know, long takes and stuff. But um, in terms of getting good performances out of the actors, that that didn't happen here. Brad Greenquist uh, and Kristen Dalton are either over the top or just completely flat in their performances and it kind of hurts the the episode and the the writing is very paint by numbers too so i you know and there's plot holes right and left it it didn't really do anything for me but it was the last episode of season 7 that they produced so they were kind of you know right at the end of the season they had to just get something out and and that's what they did yeah i liked it i like the when Stargate kind of does the whole X-Files kind of thing and it it makes the universe feel a little bit bigger. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I liked, I think Barrett was the best part of this episode. Yeah. yeah. He, he wasn't in it a lot, but his he was the most interesting character. Everyone else felt kind of like they were phoning it in. Mm-hmm. Um, I did like, though, at the beginning, they mentioned that uh, Schaefer, his dad, was a Nazi war criminal and they're talking about, well, this is the Rogan idea and they're working with Nazi war criminals. And it's like, as someone who lives in Huntsville, Alabama, it's not just rogue elements of the United States government that would work with Nazi war criminals. Can you see Apollo program? <laughs> well, <laughs> we it's not even, if it, yeah. And I had a problem with that too, because it's like, oh yeah, his father, you know, was, was a Nazi war criminal. It's like, well, they'll just work with anyone. It's like, that was his dad. That's not him. He yeah. wasn't, he wasn't a Nazi war criminal. I mean, no, he's 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 a wannabe Nazi war criminal, but he yeah. wasn't. Yeah, but he but, wasn't you one know. yet. <laughs> it's just funny because we have in town the uh, Warner von Braun Center, which is like the big event center in the middle of yeah. town. And oh, funny! So, yeah, I don't. I. It also felt like this is one of those kind of ideas where they'll drop it in every so often, and then you get like three quarters of the way through the episode and not a lot has happened. And then they wrap it up really quickly and it's like, they oh, do. it's done. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah the, the, the ending just, yeah. Also was the ending. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That was just weird. Like, they're, they're both dead. The end. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's no wrap up. It's just fade to black. We're done. It was weird. And like visually, I don't know if they talked about this in the commentary at all, but they made references to uh, Scheffler being like Hannibal Lecter. And then they have uh, Anna in that like clear glass enclosure, which is straight out mm-hmm. of Silence of the Limbs also. Mm-hmm. So y- like yeah, a lot for like a horror vibe. This is like <laughs> probably one of the one of the most horror type episodes of SG-1. They, they filmed the entire thing in just one big warehouse. Mm-hmm. Um, and stuff mm-hmm. and so they had to scout the different locations in it there's a lot of talking about why they chose the different rooms they did the glass box that Anna is in was supposed to be made out of plexiglass so you wouldn't have had that metal bar that ran across it but then when in the you know people who built the prop said oh you're going to be building a fire in this we can't build it out of plexiglass we have to build it out of glass and you can't get panes of glass that big so we have to have this this bar mm-hmm. across it and so Amanda tamping in her mind had already set up all of her shots without that bar there, you know. And so the day before she started filming, she saw that what the actual finished set looked like and had to basically recompose her shots so that, you know, Daniel Jackson's face wasn't 
behind them across this big metal cross piece <laughs> that runs across the uh the set but yeah it does open with a very nice shot you know because we're told that you know 30 or some odd um nid agents were were killed once you actually see the video footage of how they were killed it's not clear how they didn't get any shots off you know it's one girl walking around with a semi-automatic pistol and you have 30 soldiers there, but okay. But it is a very cool shot where their steady cam operator is on a crane, comes down, goes over to where, you know, SG-1 is showing up. Mm-hmm. Well, it's all one continuous take, gets back on the crane. The crane kind of goes into the warehouse as SG-1 comes, you know, into it from another door. And so that part is is very cool. Uh, technically, uh, very well directed there. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. The episode, I mean, it looks good. Like you said, it, it's it's very much got the horror vibes because everything's dark. Even even the the brighter lit areas are dark. But the only room that's really mm-hmm. brightly lit is the glass cube. Yeah, everything yeah. else is you know even like the 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 conference room or you know the room where where Doctor Keffler is being stored. Even that is dark. You know, it's it's not very brightly lit at all. Yeah, and and so the main point of this episode is is that. You know, the NID has been doing experiments and at one point, uh, you know, to create a Gould human hybrid that Dr. Keffler can control through electroshocks to the brain and basically bring out whichever personality he wants. And he's doing this to access the the knowledge of the Gould without having to form a, a harcesis or whatever. And so they go into this laboratory area and they pull out this like drawer full of like dead babies in jars. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, okay, SG one, that's a little like that's a, a little, little, too, little too Yeah, far. it's a little, a little yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and then they're yeah. like, Oh yeah, this she was like the twenty fifth or whatever hybrid that they worked on mm-hmm. and, and then they, they tortured her and they're like, Oh, that's terrible for her. Gosh, that really sucks. And then you're like, Well, what about the other like human hybrids who didn't make it that far? It sucks for them yeah. too, yeah. right? So but they're kind of just very callous about all the other like failed experiments here and, and just focusing on, on Anna. Yeah. Maybe it's just, you have to compartmentalize when you're in that kind of situation. You can't worry about every single aspect. So kind of understand that, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But it, for the viewer, when you, they pull out the jars of the babies, they call them, you know, fetuses yeah. that don't look human, but you know, and they then they start human. talking about all the false starts and all this stuff. And yep. it's like, Hey, this is a little, a little dark and creepy for Stargate. Like, if you really think about what they were doing, and yeah. and then they just kind of hand wave it, like, oh, but, and then the torture of her, and you're like, I don't, I don't know. So, and then they tell you she can't be saved, she can't be rescued, you know. And there's this Gould, and it's dark, and her nightmares. You're like, where are we going? <laughs> yeah. I, I, where, what are we gonna? Ha- what's gonna happen here? And of course, then I feel like the easy out that. Everyone yeah. just dies. Well, the even easier out of like the ticking clock, right? We have an actual literal ticking time bomb <laughs> yeah. that they yeah. throw in there. And of course, you got to throw in the, we we tried to turn it off and it started running much faster. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I did like the uh, the Dr. Lee and uh, Teal'c scenes, though, where they're trying to defuse yeah. the bomb and he plugs it, plugs it into the computer to try to reset it and it makes it speed up and like cuts like several hours off there <laughs> off the countdown and uh barrett comes in and he's like you know what's going on he's like we should have a little setback the bomb's gonna go off in like 42 minutes <laughs> yeah yeah 
Well, I love it when they first, you know, oh, it's got it's got ten pounds of naquita. Well, what does that mean? Or how how big is the explosion going to be? Oh, all of Orange County. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Anna has set the bomb while the Sekhmet personality was uh, dominant, so she would have leverage with Dr. Kessler and the NID to basically be allowed to to leave as as Sekhmet and stuff, and so. That's timing down. And so the last half of the episode is all Dr. Jackson trying various ways to access the memories and figure out how to defuse the bomb. And Anna, throughout her short life, has been, you know, doing charcoal drawings and stuff. And, you know, all throughout the episode, we're looking at these drawings. Daniel Jackson's looking at the drawings. Daniel Jackson tries all these different ways to get Anna, remember, including trying to do, um, you know, meditation, which backfires. And then at the end, he just happens to find the right drawing that was sitting there the whole time yeah, yeah, that has yeah. the combination to turn off uh, the bomb. And you're like, okay, well, that that was yeah. anticlimactic. Yeah. That was, and on the top yeah. of the pile, I mean, she she basically sets a fire because, of course, you know, you got someone in a box with lots of flammable material. Let's give them an open <laughs> candle. Yeah. And they're unstable. No, no, she can't meditate like, on the other side of the glass. You have to put it in there. Yeah. And then, of course, yeah. you know, the Gwaul comes out and lights the fires on paper. But fortunately, the one they're looking for was just singed around the edges nicely. Well, the drawings <laughs> are just used as like a deus ex machina for so many different things because they get the they have the arc that has the bomb in it. And it's got like the four scarabs on top and you have to turn them in a specific way to open it. And they find mm-hmm. the drawing that has like the the combination lock, which is only four different knobs that you can turn. Like you could probably yeah. just like brute force that in like five minutes. I don't know why exactly. they needed a drawing for that. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. when you see her sitting there with that candle, you're like, uh, whose bright idea was that exactly? Was that Daniel? Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah it was Daniel's. Huh. How do, how do you get the candle in there? And then he just like hand her some matches through the grate. Like <laughs> what? What was? What they what was there was a little slide thing there, I guess. Uh, <laughs> yeah, on, on the yeah. commentary track, Amanda Tapping says, "Yeah, we we had to come up with a reason for why they would give her a candle, and then doesn't say anything else about it." <laughs> <laughs> makes you wonder how many kind of how the conversation yeah. went where someone's like do you think that's really good like how did that know and you know, i could just see them having that debate and someone's finally like whatever let's just like go with it it's just just film it just just work with it yeah so since they have uh uh keffler is seen like chain smoking have it be that she, <laughs> she picked up that habit from him and she asks for a cigarette and then she lights it with that like there's Ways you could have done it within the plot that would have been, yeah, made more sense. <laughs> well, I like, of course, you know, Daniel. Of course she hasn't, she hasn't been outside of this room, basically, or at least this building. Yeah. And Daniel's like, remember, you know, think of an empty room made of stone <clears throat> and the floor's marble and describe, and there's a door. And she's describing all this stuff. I was like, other than picture, she has no clue what all that is. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. then he says, you know, picture box. everyone's there to worship you and this. And it's like, obviously, he's trying to bring out the Gould personality. Yep. And, and, and okay, I got confused about that. So was it really the Gould at the end or was it no. her pretending or back? in? I, it I was never the lost. Gould uh, at the end. It was all Anna okay. breaking out herself, taking down all the armed guards. Hmm. Uh, yeah. So... <laughs> 
That, that's a little unclear. I mean, she wasn't yeah, doing I didn't the, the whole "Do you will worship me" thing, but she still had kind of that strong tone of voice and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was it was Anna because at the end, I think she confronts Doctor Doctor Ke- uh, Keffler and, and says, yep. "No, it's not the Gould. It's me." Mm-hmm. And stuff. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, so. <laughs> So she shoots Dr. Kepler and it's, you know, then uh, she zaps her own brain. She releases the neurotoxin yep. like switch, mm-hmm. the dead man switch or whatever that Kepler had put in there to, to kill herself because yep. she can't uh, to, go on. To quote, to quote Jimmy Aiken, we have uh, Chekhov's biotoxin. <laughs> yeah. He always yeah. likes to yeah. point out whenever there's a, a you know, a, something that is absolutely going to be used later in the episode because they make yeah. sure to introduce it earlier. You know, of course, that's Chekhov's gun. And, you know, you can go listen to the secrets of Star Trek and secrets of Doctor Who to hear Jimmy's where he comes for that. But, um, yeah, as soon as he mentioned the neurotox, like, okay, yeah, this is going to play a part. This is going to, you know, this is going to have something to do with it. And they'd introduced the little like remote early on in the episode. And he Mm -hmm. says that it's to unlock his car. And knowing me, I probably would have just been like clicking the buttons like, oh, it's a it's a fob for your car. (laughs) Let's figure out which car you've got. Yeah, what do yeah. you drive? Let's see what it does. Of course, Let's it push was, the button. Yeah, yeah. It's very, they very cut clearly away to yeah. screaming in her cell. Oh. <laughs> of course, it was very clearly a, t- a re- repurposed TV or DVD player remote. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, a little tiny one. <laughs> I will yeah, say, Agent a- Barrett was one of my favorites of the whole episode, and you kind of felt bad for him because he's mm-hmm. here. He brought in SG one. And then they bring Dr. Lee and then he's trying to manage them all, but he doesn't really have the skill set to a understand what they're doing and b manage them. So he's just yeah. kind of running from one person to the next, you know, going, what did you find out? Where do we stand? You know, what's going on? And then, Oh, is that it, bad? You know, it was so, it was just yeah. so funny. And it, I guess it was nice to have someone else and have him do that. He was, he was basically info dump person. Yeah. Give me the info yeah. dump I need now, you know, <laughs> right. kind of deal. And actually, I mean, that's a good way to do it, though. I mean, where mm-hmm. you've got one person who ba- is basically standing in for us and saying, mm-hmm. OK, what's going on now? I mean, this is with Doctor Who, you have companions with, you know, other shows will do it different ways. But this just someone's like, OK, we need to get this information out that, you know, here's what's going on with the bomb. Here's what Carter found. Mm-hmm. Here's what Daniel Jackson found. Let's do info dump. Well, you do it as, OK, I, what do I need to know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and he's a likable guy. Mm-hmm. We've yeah. seen him a couple of times. And then they reference uh heroes because he's the one that gave them the memo on Woolsey. Right. And then mm. and then of course, because this season is not weird enough, he asked Carter out. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. You know? <laughs> and then she says, I'm, seeing, I'm seeing Yeah. And he's like, What? You? Yeah. I I love <laughs> I love that. And I I love your comeback too. You you asked me out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Definitely a self-own there. <laughs> that was kind of that was kind of a fun little. You, know, you saw his his um, I would say chemistry, the way he got along with everybody on the team, and wasn't really sure. Like he asked Doctor Lee if he was kidding, and you know, Doctor Lee's like, "Do I look like a what do you say, like a jokester or a practical jokester?" Like, yeah, yeah, jokester, yeah. <laughs> and I like him way better than uh, Pete. So yeah, I've been okay yeah. With yeah. That. <laughs> Low bar sure. there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> his his best qualification is he's not Pete. Yes. And he didn't die at the end of the episode. But I couldn't remember. I'm like, is he gonna die now? Like 
<laughs> Again, low bar hasn't died yeah. yet. <laughs> Pretty much. And like, I think they were trying to do like the good cop, bad cop routine with him with, uh, <clears throat> um, Sam. And then, uh, when they're interrogating him. Cause he's like, but they don't really follow through with it. Cause at one point he just like pops off and grabs Dr. Keffler and slams him against the wall. And it's like, okay, I'll tell you everything. But there were like a bunch of little, little ideas sprinkled throughout the episode that they didn't really follow through on. It's like, this is stylistically cool. So we'll put mm. it in here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And for the most part, they just let uh brand Greenquist Malkovich it up as, yeah. as Keffler there. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he came across very creepy. I don't know, and then to and then to have Barrett reference Agent uh, Clarice Starling. Starling? Starling. Starling, yeah, I think. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah from Starling, Silence of yeah. the Lambs. It was like, okay, so you're trying to do this creepy thing. Like, oh, yeah. yeah. Barrett even calls him Hannibal Lecter. Yeah. Yeah, and it. In the late 90s, early 2000s, every TV show had to do like a Silence of the Lambs type thing where you need like the creepy guy's help to take down an even creepier person. That was just after that movie came out, like every TV show did an episode like that. But he doesn't even really end up doing that because everything is solved by a piece of paper. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) By drawing that didn't burn. (laughs) Yeah, this is a very much a, you know, a bunch of stuff happens. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I but do it was like the when, uh, Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, very yeah. much so. Except it's for definitely... Victor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Are you not entertained? No, this Style this is one where substance. I was Yeah, I was checking my uh my watch quite a bit through this one or pausing <laughs> the thing to see. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I do like also when uh, they're doing the meditation and she sets everything on fire. Daniel Jackson's just sitting there yelling for help. And the guy comes in and grabs the uh, fire extinguisher off the wall. It's like, why didn't you get up and get that, Daniel? <laughs> yeah, when he's yelling yeah. for fire, you can literally see it in the back <laughs> yeah. behind him. Mm-hmm. Big and red. All he would have yeah. to do is turn around and grab it. And then after they know what she did, they open the door mm-hmm. and let her out again. Yeah. Just saying. I you know, there's a little great. You could have fire extinguished through those. Yep. Yep. Maybe they didn't want to suffocate her, but I mean I feel like Yeah. The lesser of two evils at that she point killed, she'll probably well, be okay. She killed fire. You don't people. have to worry about suff- <laughs> suffocating. <laughs> yeah. oh. I just mean on her own, she killed thirty two people. So the two of you uh, open the door. I'm just saying, yeah. not the brightest. Yep. <laughs> and then, and then the other, the other thing is how um, Kefler gets out of his little room. Is he? Does he tells the guard, "I just need a drink of water," and the guard like runs right up to him and like puts his taser like right up where Kefler can reach it. Yeah, because it was such a small, it was such a small room that they were like that's the way they had to block it. And on that one, also Amanda Tapping's like. Yeah, and and some people thought it was be a little implausible that he would get up right that close to Doctor Kepler, so that yeah. he could just grab the taser. And you're like, yeah, it is pretty implausible that like, <laughs> you especially would. since he could have just stayed right at the door and waited. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or why, like, why was the door even open in the first place? They didn't really say. And it's like the water fountains right there. Just walk over and get it. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, assuming there was even actually a door there that wasn't just a opening. Yeah, yeah. opening. Um, but either way, the, the guard could have stayed ten feet away and still had clear line of sight. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> so yeah. another episode with no Stargate. Yeah, no, no General yeah. Hammond. No, well, no SGC at all, right? Yeah. Well, how much? How much of the elements of Stargate can you pull out of an episode to, to where it's not even Stargate anymore? We have no Stargate. We have no Jack. We have no SGC. SGC. We have no. Mm. We have a gold bomb. That's true. Yeah, gold bomb. So, We've got a half gold human hybrid. We've got a bunch of other gold related trinkets. So there's still plenty of Stargate stuff in there. Tilt got to wear a hat. Yep. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I guess, does, I assume Barrett knows he's a Jaffa. Oh, yeah. He kept that hat on the whole time. Yeah. But you know what's funny is that Barrett, for knowing as much as he does with this NID program and everything, and he really seemed kind of clueless when they would reference other things. He, you know, they, they, maybe it's because he was supposed to be the info dump person, but they mm-hmm. just kept having to explain things to him. And you're like, like, what's not going to like, how, how big is this bomb going to be? I mean, I feel like he might have, should have had some reference points for those, but I don't know. Yeah. Maybe, uh, fell asleep during the briefing, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> he, felt, he felt about the briefing the way we feel about this episode, I think. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> no gold weapons either. No zats. No uh, stuff. Oh, weapons. that's true. Yeah. Nope. Just the bomb. Yep. Mm-hmm. I, I did like they kind of tried to explain some of the crystals, the different colors of the crystals. Yeah. The blue are the blue are the power ones, and you don't touch the yellow ones. Apparently, that must be like the arming device or something. Or... <laughs> but then yeah. they cut back to it, and he has like electrodes set up, like hooked up to all the colors. Yep. So mm-hmm. yeah. And I like that's the interface too. Is it just hooking up an electrode to the crystal and hooking it up to your laptop? Yeah, there's only one <laughs> point of entry there. Like, yeah, what kind of communication is this going over? What's the baud rate of the crystals? Yeah. Exactly. Probably pretty good, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. I do like though after uh, they disarm the bomb through the magical piece of paper, uh, he wants to high five Teal, and Teal just leaves him hanging. Yeah, <laughs> he just looks at him. <laughs> nice. Awesome. Uh, do we have any uh, alternate language titles for this episode? Uh, Victor? No, we don't. It's actually resurrection in every language except for German. So there is there is one. And in German, it's just Anna. Anna. Okay. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> awesome. Uh, before we go, we'd like to... Uh, we actually do have a little bit of feedback. Uh, Paul Leone commented on our episode on Chimera saying uh, a sentiment I very much agree with. Pete is, he's not, he's a not intentionally evil person who exists. That's about the nicest thing I can think of. Amen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he's got a great smile. Aww. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Before we go, we'd like to take a moment to thank our uh, thank our patrons who make it possible for us to create the secret to Stargate, including Matthew F., Mitchell R., Pat S., AIR, and uh, Julia S. Their generous donations at sqpn.com slash give make it possible for us to continue the secret to Stargate and all the shows at StarQuest. And you can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give. 
And be sure to follow the show on Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and you can find the video versions at youtube.com slash starquestmedia. To find previous episodes of Secret to Stargate and to send feedback, you can visit sqpn.com slash stargate. And you can email us at stargate at sqpn.com and follow StarQuest on social media at facebook.com slash starquestmedia or on Twitter at sqpn. And we'll be back next time and we'll be discussing the next episode of SG-1, Inauguration. Until then, Father Corey, thank you for joining me in sharing the secrets of Stargate. Thank you, Jack. And Lisa Jones, thank you as well. Thanks, Jack. Victor Lambs, thank you too. Thanks, Jack. And, well, it's a bomb, right? Usually it's not a good thing when they go off. It depends on the context. (laughs) Once again, I'm Jack Berezini. Thank you for listening to The Secrets of Stargate on StarQuest. Anyway, I'm sorry, but that just happens to be how I feel about it. What do you think? Here's another show on the StarQuest Network you're sure to enjoy. Jimmy Akin's Mysterious World. Find the show wherever fine podcasts are found or at sqpn.com slash mysterious.